0: Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is the show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule, it's just whenever I finish a book I do the review and stick it up here on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to. Uh, joining me today is Juliana. Say hello Juliana.
1: Hi everyone.
0: And uh, this is pretty good. You managed to catch up with me in this book. You overtook me and then finished this book before me.
1: Oh no, no, no. Like, I started this book before you, you started reading and yeah. I finished before you. So yeah. This is how it went.
0: Yeah, okay, well, I think we just repeated the same thing. I didn't catch up anything. Okay, either way, (laughs) uh, you did manage to read one book in the time that I read three books, but that's not the point. Okay, something special this episode, let's get to it straight away. Juliana and I, we're going to spend like 10 minutes wrapping up our thoughts about this book and this series, and then we've got special guests. We're going to be talking to Peter F. Hamilton himself, the author. We, We very, very, very... In fact, this might be the first ever author interview that we've ever done or author discussion about Certainly a book that I have we've done. ever done uh yeah so we're, we're looking forward to actually talking to somebody who I mean we we very rarely give a book five stars and we yes. both gave the op- the first book of this series five stars. Yes. So uh, when I was offered uh, uh, a chance to interview or have a discussion with Peter F Hamilton, I said, "Yeah, let's do yes. it." They also, were like the well, previous
1: yeah, there were previous books which we also highly rated. So yes. it's like one. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, the favorite author. Yes. Uh, of of both of ours. Uh, yes in that way um so yeah so stick around for 10 minutes of us t- talking about this final book and then we'll have peter f hamilton on skype and uh, talking to him yes. about his uh well actually we don't know what we're going to talk to him about but we're well, gonna have I'm a discussion about the book
1: um yeah. one important thing What's What's what is the book we're talking about oh you the book started... is salvation
0: oh saints of salvation <laughs> well people know this they've they've seen it so saints of salvation it's the third book in a trilogy um of uh I was going to say far future science fiction, but actually it isn't. It's, it's, well, it it is. It's future science fiction, but some of it begins sort of like, uh, was it 2206 or 2204, I think is where some of the story starts. But then there's other stuff which is happening in the far Far, future. Far, 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 far future, like 20,000 years, 10,000, 20,000 years in the future. And um, again, we could go back over it, but I really think that you should either have read the first two books both of which were highly rated like I say the first book is one of the only books we've ever given five stars to Uh, one of the only new books let me put it that way there's some classic books you know where we've we've given five stars to like the the man in the high castle and the recent books
1: that got five stars certainly
0: yeah I'll look it up in a bit but yeah very few books uh, we've read that have been released since the start of the science fiction book review podcast (laughs) that we've read uh, continued that we've done this with so um, yes I would say read the book I think it's doing something very very clever yes we've already talked a lot about how it's playing with Hyperion, how it's playing with um, the, Ender's the Game. The genre
1: of science fiction in yeah. general. Yeah,
0: how it's playing with Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy a little bit yeah. more in this book. I saw some more references to that mm. kind of thing in this book. Um, yeah, I, I find it's a, a really, really great series. And I think, again, just to get sh- cut straight to the point, I think this is a very, very satisfying wrapping up of a trilogy. Um. Because, again, we've not talked about it together, but I thought this was really great because here's the thing. So many times when you get to the end of a trilogy, Mm -hmm. the last book is sort of like, oh, you set up the world. Don't worry about it. You set up the world in book one. You put the characters in more peril in book two. And then book three very, um, I would say it rarely adds a lot more to the characters. It doesn't really add new characters. It doesn't add new drama. It doesn't add new technology. It doesn't really add new themes. It's sort of like, oh, I've got these, I've set all these things in motion in books one and two. Let's wrap it up. Yeah, and let's wrap it up. Yeah. What I really appreciate about this book is that when it's sort of like, right, now we're going to have the final battle. And so often like, oh, we're going to have a final battle. It's sort of like, well, we know what the capabilities are on this side. We know what the capabilities are on that side. We know the characters on this side and that side we know what's going to happen yeah uh and then it kind of just plays out was what i really appreciate on this was that he goes oh no we're going to introduce an entire new form of warfare in the final battle and then spend uh, as part of the audiobook it's sort of like a, t- a two-hour section of the audible of the of the audiobook then trying to unravel that and trying to work out the issues and think through all the you know the possibilities and the permutations of that, and I was just going to say that that where they go, where Peter F. Hamilton goes in this final book, I thought was sort of like, oh, that could have been an entire science fiction novel or trilogy, just, just with that,
1: that one yeah, book, just yes. with
0: that form of warfare, and just yeah. with the form of 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 uh, playing with the physics in this way and coming up with interesting scenarios and putting the characters through these things and making the characters work this out. Yeah, it's sort of like, oh, there's a novel's worth of story in a novel's worth of world building, in a novel's worth of exploration, just in this novel...
1: It's not... a. Th- it doesn't feel like yeah. a third in the series. It doesn't feel yeah. like,
0: eh, we'll just wrap things yeah. up. It yeah. actually feels like a proper novel's worth of novel in yeah. a chunky novel yeah. to wrap up a trilogy. What You've got I want to point out something.
1: Yeah. I, like, Luke reads a book and he puts down, generally, lots of notes. Like, he yeah. has a, a whole thing, a list of notes that he puts out. I read a well, book... Well, I've,
0: I've got six notes. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I read a book yeah. and um I generally have feelings towards yeah. it. So I don't particularly write down stuff. Look at this. I have my list of notes. Oh you've got loads. Look at this.
0: Are we gonna get through those in ten minutes or Probably not. Oh, okay. But what I'm trying
1: to say here is that um Let th- me have a look at your notes. This this book sparked so many thoughts and Uh, things that came up in my brain my brain was like my neurons were firing like crazy this book feels um like as you as you said it could be a a trilogy in its own right and i'm just amazed by the the world building and the and the uh the whole spectrum of things that were in it It, it was like a firework of of things, there was this bit here yeah. and that bit there. And
0: again, some of your notes, I didn't pick up on those at all. I know they're having conversations at one point about, oh, this is happening in a parallel universe and this is yeah. happening in a parallel universe. Thought,
1: oh, yeah. this is gonna be great! It I doesn't can actually see go in that Peter direction. Hamilton is doing.
0: I'm not sure it goes in that direction. Yeah. It, it didn't quite, um, My but brain here's the thing. was a bit. <laughs> we put in lots of speculation in the previous book. Like yes. I said, what I really like about this, and I think I'm going to talk to Peter F. Hamilton in a bit when we when we chat to him in a bit, is that like the first book was setting up Paul. As sort of like the world building in economics and stuff, yeah. And then the second book was uh, was portals, portals, as, portals as, as warfare, yeah. And then I said the third book, what I really want to dis- what I want to do is that they say that the the. Um, the uh the quint enclave yeah. is is happening at a different speed like time is moving yeah. more slowly there yeah. and i said what i'm really interested to find out is what happens if one end of a of a portal is is, is traveling at different slow, speed yes. than yeah. the other one and i was like oh i think it's because uh i think i said it's because it's traveling really really quickly like it's traveling relativistically yeah. and that's why it's going slow. and you said oh no i think it's going to be it's going to be next to a black hole and yeah. it's going to be <laughs> like the other way of slowing down time you know in that kind of um, uh, what's the movie uh, Interstellar? You know, you're all bit quickly around a, a close to a black hole, yeah. and time travel uh, time uh, it, is different. Yeah. And it turns out it isn't those things, but what we were expecting, or what I said I expected, was like time is going to become a big it, part of this book.
1: And it, oh and my it goodness, does. it does, it, it does, it, it's that it's, is what the
0: entire book is about. Yeah. Like, it's it's using like beforehand it's like how do we collapse space using portals yeah and then the next one is sort of like how do we do warfare how do we how do we use collapsing space through portals as warfare yeah. and this book both goes both through how do we collapse time and then also how do we use how do we do collapsing time as and how warfare how do we travel through <laughs> yeah. that then yeah and it's like oh right so what was it what he did with portals over the first two novels he does just with time and yeah. using time as a weapon in this in this book but not in the way sort of like oh go back in time and change the change the past which is again that's clever but there isn't actually any time travel or breaking of causality in this book
1: no no i it's mean there, is, there con- is stuff that breaks my brain
0: yes but, <laughs> but it's but it, it, even when they're having a discussion oh this message was sent back in time and stuff like that but he's tacky and sent back in time and it changed causality and it, as it goes on you're like did that really like is that really happening are they going to the end like what is actually happening there and what's going back and things yeah. and also i really enjoy in this book how he reflects on the world building in the previous two books and kind of does this like he kind of plays with it for example in the second book uh they're talking about the um the Niana Yeah uh, They say They say Um Oh, humans have spread all the way through the galaxy to try and explain. And they're like that. They, you see the. They say you can see the look of horror on yeah. the Nianas' faces when they realize. Oh, the humans are going to take over the entire galaxy, yeah. and that's really bad because now they're the virus that has spread across the entire galaxy. Yeah. And then the and 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 then in this book they kind of have a parallel thing where the humans the, the humans have done that with. There's another group of humans, and then you can kind of see they're going. Oh no, that's that's dreadful for us that they now oh we've done the same thing and yes. they're on the receiving end of it and yeah that's
1: the whole that, that's the whole point about this whole thing Like it, the, in the very first books we are getting to know that the uh that this alien thing yeah. is A threat. these are the bad yeah. guys yeah they are the bad guys. And in the exploration in this year is so clever in showing that um, if you try to battle the bad guys, do you, become do the you then become, ba- b- become the bad guys? Yeah, and guys? that's what the
0: thing is. Sort of like, then they're going, oh, right, the Olioks, they're the big bad guys. And it's sort of like... So wait a second, to defeat the bad guys, you've brought on board like all of their techniques, all of their um tactics, all of the way that they structure their minds, the yeah. backups and the redundancies yeah. Yeah. between the minds are sort of like, Oh, you're very, very close to the olix. Yeah, now yes. aren't you? And they're like, Yeah, but this is what we've got to do to defeat them, and you're like, Oh, right. There's yeah. that really edging closer to um, you know, am I the am I the enemy, whatever it is like yes. that, or yes. like how close to the how close to the enemy's tactics can you get and it still be a valid uh, a valid victory in the end that you haven't become the enemy yourself
1: and this is i mean i have you had just read my notes i have put down lots of notes well i I glanced at
0: them i didn't understand all of them because they're notes for you and i was like what What what's that mean of course but
1: um in the end it comes down to um a philosophical exploration of um what is the perfect state what is the end state? When yeah. is like when is the plateau? What is then? The... Where
0: should you aim to plateau? Exactly. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And
1: and the Oligs think they are there. Yes. They are very very uh, confident that they are the perfect beings. Yeah. And then uh, over the development and the way that the, what what he does in this book is, is like putting out. Okay, humans go and develop and do what you you have you have the technology. Where do you end up? Yeah. And it turns Where out are you going to
0: platter? Are you going to have tails? Are you going to have your brain split across a thousand beings? Whatever it is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm it's, sitting so close to the microphone that I'm touching it. I'm sorry. No, for no, any, it's because you're,
0: you're doing your arm swinging stuff. I can't att- sit still. I, no, of course you can. I'm not wanting you to sit still. It's, it's um, just fun.
1: But anyway, I was, uh, I, I I read through this book in like, let's say uh, a week and a half. Yeah, I yeah, was like look two it up weeks again. or something. Yeah. But um, it was intense. Yeah. It, there's so many, so many things that he's tackling in this one book. Um, but I think it's, it's, it's okay that is one, is that it is all in this one book. Like I, you
0: mean all in this third book yes, in the trilogy. What
1: what could have happened is that the that the uh, uh, the publisher could have said, "Oh, there's too much in this book. Let's not, spread it over." F- I, I a really few more. don't
0: think I don't think there is too much in this last book. I would have I could have done with like in some ways a little bit less of some things and a little bit more of something. Not yeah. that I would not that I'm critiquing it anyway because what was there I think was really well done. Yeah. And it's what he wanted to focus on. Um. I would have wanted a little bit of focus in different pl- areas but that's not a, again it's not a criticism it's yeah. sort of like oh I, what was it, it, tell me a little bit more about what these guys are doing here because there's yeah. some characters which are set up that you're like oh right we've been following this character for three mm. books now and then at the end they do get some payoff but I guess I just wanted some characters to be more important at the yeah. end of the book and other characters to be less important at yeah, the yeah, end yeah. of the book yeah, I understand and what a, again it's just it's just a balance of like oh where am I going to like you know Peter F. Hamilton is sort of like where am I spending my budget of character where am I spending my budget of emotional investment in these in yes. these people? And I'm, yes. I was happy with where it was, but I'm sort of like, oh, but a little bit more time over. Okay, I guess you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. think So, um, so yeah, I said we're going to do ten minutes, um, uh, been... and then and then bring in Peter F. Hamilton. Is there anything else you want to add now? Because we'll also do a little um, follow up after the after the discussion with. Uh, yeah, with I'd like Peter. to do
1: a bit more uh, in depth. Okay. after after that,
0: but I'm just saying, like before, again, when we do the discussion with Peter F. Hamilton, we're not going to worry too much about you know spoilers or talking about you. We're going to get in depth. We're going to have a good discussion about this trilogy yes. so what else do you want to say now uh uh should do we should we rate this book or or what should we do should we leave it i'm just saying yeah i this... think if we
1: rate it now yeah. it's 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 obvious it's, that the but yeah. our thoughts towards the book yeah. have nothing to do with and now uh, the, conversation the, the conversation that, we're gonna, that have. we're gonna have
0: i think this trilogy is one of those rare trilogies where it's as close to a perfect science fiction trilogy as yes. it can be yes meaning that if i read it in 20 years i'm probably going to be as disgusted as it with it as uh, as other times but like well i mean not disgusted but like uh s- sometimes you go back to a trilogy or you go back to a book which you rated five stars and it holds up yeah i'm not saying that this book is going to hold up in 20 years time but it, it doesn't need to mm-hmm. because i'm reading it now like yeah. it doesn't need to compare to the classics it can has to compare to what i wanted out of a science fiction trilogy in the year 2020 yeah and that's what i got so i'm gonna give this third book five Stars and the whole series five stars. Yes, again,
1: I'm, I'm totally the with second you there. book.
0: I think it does dip down a bit because it is a bit more sort of like oh, uh, the end of the first book. it There's an alien invasion, and then this book is just invasion and warfare and invasion and warfare. And this book, then this third book, I think takes it up another level. Like yeah. I say, it explores different themes, different technologies, different kinds of warfare, different craziness, and because everything's in place, it can really accelerate through. So uh, yeah, a rare. I think a rare five star series for me yeah, and also a rare series with two five or a rare collection of books where there's two five star books. There's there's almost nothing that I would change about this series or want more from it. Yeah. Again, I don't want more from this. Like at the end, there's some like hints that are like continuing adventures with uh, yes. Urella, continu- which like I'm fine. But that's the ending It feels
1: like it's setting up like uh, like he had the Commonwealth. Um, no, nah, I don't think it needs universe. It. But I think yeah. I
0: like the mystery of where sixty thousand years they're going sixty thousand years in the future yeah. to a specific yeah. spot, yeah. or they're go- they're gonna find where it is in that. Se- I like that mystery. Like I yes. don't need that. I actually really and I really like that at the end that character has gone off in two different directions. Yeah. And and you don't know which one's more more important. Yes, like is it finding we, sanctuary and, more important, or and, is it finding the the, the signal in sixty thousand years in the future is more important?
1: And we only get the second. Let's ask. Character. Let's ask Peter F. You Hamilton know, if
0: he's gonna if he's gonna publish more Urella Adventures of uh, Urella. Yes, because
1: we we yeah. were left with the second character. We were not left with the first character. This is, very, is, this
0: is very cryptic. We need to yeah, blow yeah. the spoiler well, on. So wanna, your
1: rating? Your final rating? Yeah, I also think it's uh it's, it's a five-star five book. Five book. Wow. And the uh the series itself. Like the level of um the level of writing, storytelling, characters.
0: World building technology. World-building. It's Everything. all there. It's, it's all, all there, it's yeah. All
1: there. And, in in past times, after reading Peter F. Hamilton books, I always had like issues with the way uh, women were portrayed yeah. or whatever. And I think there's nothing nothing left yeah, of these criticisms. Yeah. Like it's he's done it. Yeah,
0: and, it's and taken, now I'm it's thinking: taken... <laughs> like, Am I too
1: much of a, a fan? no now? because
0: we've both ri- we've <laughs> both had criticisms in the past yeah. that's the thing yeah. and uh and i think they're necessary criticisms just the length of some of his previous books are just too long yeah he's he's trimmed it back this time yeah like the publisher doesn't have to split this book into two novels yeah, exactly. and sell it as six audible credits instead of three audible <laughs> credits yeah. like those criticisms are gone the way he's written women is changed like the, yes, what he's doing I with gender so. yeah. uh, is 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 different and interesting yeah. and modern yeah. in a way
1: yeah and also the way he writes men
0: yeah is also true. okay <laughs> let's wrap it up there yeah. um and uh, let's say hello to uh, Peter F Hamilton let's do it so joining us uh, in this uh, special episode is uh, Peter F Hamilton hi peter hello um we we're really enthusiastic about this book um just we i want we, i think we should get the gushing praise out of the way at the start of the discussion <laughs> um i've been doing this podcast for like 12 years now and i think this is the fourth book or the fifth book that I've given five stars to which has been like a new book there's the classic some classics which I've given five stars to uh so it's a, it's a real privilege to be able to talk to you as an author which has which has uh, again knocked it out of the park for for Juliana for me uh, cuz again it's a rare it's a rare thing where a book or even two books uh, can get uh, can get a five star so we'll just we'll just start off in that way I think um but I think Juliana's got the first question about uh, about where this uh, where this world comes from. Let me pass over to you.
1: Yeah, I was wondering, uh, can you give us a, a short overview about your process? Uh, how long does research take in comparison to writing? And uh, how, do you, how do you do it? How do you set up these amazing worlds?
2: Um, okay, well, the, the whole trilogy took about f- four years from start to finish. Right. So the first six months of that is purely the research and the the note making and the, the world building. Um, it starts off with a with the the one idea, which in this case was um, a rationale for an alien invasion. I mean, if you look at them logically, there there isn't a lot of reason to do that kind of thing. If you have the technology to travel between the stars, you you don't need to snatch a planet. From someone else. I mean, you just come here and you you bioform your own planet. So um, I kind of settled on the on the religious aspect of it. The, the well, it's kind of religion. It's it's a ideology, a fanaticism. Call it what you will. Um, so once I got that basic idea sorted in my head, I then started developing a, a world um, where this would happen. The kind of universe it would it would exist in. And it all goes from there. From that, you get the kind of people living in the universe, uh, the humans living on Earth, and and in different colonized star systems. Uh, and then, what kind of planets are they terraformed, or are they something else? Yeah, it, it all just builds one thing off another. It's it becomes a very organic process. You're talking there.
0: Um, oh, sorry. You're talking no, there about, about the uh, about the rationale. I think that's something which is which is. Uh, Quite clever. You even actually have characters in this book saying, "Oh, but there's enough space for everyone here. Like, we don't need to tread on each other's toes. Like, you know, we'll go in that direction. You go in that direction." It's kind of uh, even the characters in the book are kind of referencing the like the previous uh, science fiction writers' uh, discussions about like why would aliens invade Earth. I thought that was a, a a fun a fun conversation within the book itself, like on that on that motivation.
2: Well, yes, I mean, it's not something you can uh, ignore. Uh, I mean, I chose to to hit it head on, if you like. Yeah. Um, But I think we know enough now about space, exoplanets, uh, which which trips up a lot of science fiction writers. We used to be able to just put a planet where we wanted. We can't do that anymore. We have to to do more research. It's shocking. Yeah, it has to be Um, like, oh,
0: Trappist, the Trappist system. We know there's there's, uh, planets there. So everyone's now using that sort of like, yeah, we know there's some planets there. So we'll put that in our science fiction.
2: Yeah yeah um yeah so yeah I just decided to go head on at it um you know don't beat about the bush say this this makes no sense to us yep. But then that's the point of science fiction isn't it it's the other other angle that you people think about things the the otherness of aliens it's um it makes a great baseline for science fiction
0: yeah I just want to say I also I really enjoyed in this book where it's not again it's sort of I, I I really appreciate in the book the like the meta level that you're talking about science fiction in that. Uh, Urella, one of the, the characters in the, especially in the second book, then she, her job, no, actually it's in the first book. I can't remember exactly where it is now, but her job is to create a fake science fiction planet with fake aliens on and she actually has a world building experiment so within the world building of this book there's characters doing world building and, <laughs> and actually creating science fiction for real as as a trap to lure the aliens is that is that you what's what are you doing there is that like just a, a thought experiment what would it be like to do world building for, for real I mean of course it's all within the novel but uh, again I'd love to hear your thoughts on that
2: um, I I'd not actually thought of it like that. But yeah, I mean, to, I do a lot of world building because I, I do shift from universes um, in my stories quite regularly. Well, every few years. Um, the, the, the fact that you can actually world build and then have it become physical and real. Uh, it was quite a bit of fun. It's it's not meant as any serious comment on anything. No, but, but again I appreciate it, it. I
0: appreciate that you're like flexing in that direction. So I'm like, oh I can I can I can world build in world I can have world building which allows for world building inside. I like that.
2: Yes, it, it was quite fun doing it. And you know, see for somebody to come up with something that structured, if you like, hmm. um, and then seeing it Take shape in front of them. Um, I, I I really did enjoy that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because I, I I thought it was fun when you were like, oh, we've created this alien mind. No, we've created music that aliens will listen to and enjoy. But we can't listen to enjoy it. But now you've turned up with the alien mind. You tell us, do you enjoy this music or not? And I love those conversations about like <laughs> what it's like for an alien to enjoy music. And but we can't. We don't know. We don't know how how they enjoy it. You know, it's uh, yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Uh, you had something else, Juliana?
1: Um, well, just generally, I think uh, what is really impressive in these books that you write is the uh, the, the vastness of the topics. So you, you have biology, you have physics, you have astronomy, you, you have philosophy very highly up there. I uh, I really appreciate all the different topics. Uh, directions you take. It's not a one-dimensional science fiction. Um, and uh, I just wanted to to know how... Do you sit down and think about all the philosophy, or do you have a person that you bounce this off with?
2: Uh, well, uh, thank you for a start. Um, I, interesting you, you, you did sort of briefly mention there that, that it's not just a one-issue um, book. Uh, I think those days of science fiction, and I'm generalizing horribly, um, where you know there was a problem, and then the competent man came along and and sold it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, we're 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 over that now. We're past that. That was the fifties and sixties. Um, when you we're back to world building, effectively here. Yeah. When you put something together, you have to. There are so many disparate strands uh, of of how the, the the technology affects the society in terms of economics and social structure, um, which will will have. Uh, Profound effect on the way people look at things. Um, So the philosophy is is has got to be in there. Whether I've done it too much in this case or not, I don't know. Um, Life is a balance. But yeah, you, you can't just have single thread um, science fiction and make it believable. The, the world building has to be more sophisticated than that.
1: Yeah, that's true. And we talk quite a lot about this uh, on yeah. our podcast, to be honest. And uh, But do you have a person that you, 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 you talk to with your ideas to? Or is this all happening in your in your head?
2: It's, it's all down to me. I do rely quite a lot on the editor catching things. Um, but mainly it's it's down to me. Wow. You say the editor,
0: you have do you have one person that you mostly work with?
2: Uh well I actually have two. I have my American editor and my UK editor. They both get the the book at the same time, so I I wind up ah. with two sets of notes. Oh, that's um, interesting.
0: Yeah. Um, Is there a big the, difference in the notes or they do you, do you notice them picking up different things or do they both not, do they both like repeat the same note and you're like, "Oh, I've definitely got to fix that thing or change yes, that if, or move on." Yes, if both where?
2: of them pick up on something, I know I've got to look at it. Um <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have a good working relationship with both of them. You, you, as, a, as an author, you have to wind up trusting your editor um, for the, just the basic things. You know that this this paragraph doesn't explain what you think it explains. Hmm. Uh, you've got on too long in this section; that needs expanding. All this kind of thing. That that because you've spent, as I say, four years writing something, you get far too close to it to be objective. This yeah. is where the editor comes in.
0: Okay, so let's talk about the uh, let's let's. I'll put it this way: There's lots of portals in this book. You've done yeah. portals before. Um, you, oh, let me just go back. Portals. You did it in the Judas uh, Unchained. The um, Commonwealth. Yeah, yeah. The Commonwealth. That's all. That's all based on portals. Um, and then also Great North Road, there was another form of portals. Like there's, the first one was about, you know, packet switching and railways. The other one was about a big portal that you spend lots of things through at the time because it was more. This is sort of like the portals, they only go between two points. The other ones were like, you can open a portal to somewhere else, and this one is like, no, That the two points have to be been the same point at some point, and then they've separated apart. So you've had like three different stabs at portals. Do you think you're going to return to like another new wor- portal-based world-building uh, experiment in the future?
2: I have no idea. Um, yeah. I, the reason that the reason that they are different is again what, back to what I said is that I I just don't want to be repeating myself. Yes, they're all portals, but they are different ways of tackling it. Um, yeah. Again, if you look at the the impact that the portals in the salvation sequence have how it's affected the Earth um, is is far more interesting than going off into space. And I also kind of stuck to uh, no faster than light travel here, sort of. Kind of, Um, yeah. (laughs) Closer to the physics. So, yeah, I mean, if I, if I need another portal, I'm not quite sure if there's anything left in portals that I could do differently. <laughs> yeah. But um, if if my brain comes up with something, I'll probably oh. use it. Okay, that's great. Because
0: we, we were discussing – because we've done a few episodes. Like, again, we I we, we read the first book in – when was it? Like, June or something? Uh, and then the, the second book in August. And then – so we actually timed it pretty well that we can, you know, read, ah, them, read right. them pretty close together so they're all fresh in our minds. And we did uh, – and so in the previous one, I was saying, all right, so we – we did you did portals as world buildings like the economics and like what it's like it just on earth and like how humans would use it and then the second book was about portals of warfare and then we we're both like and the next one we know that there's some time is going to run differently you know we know that there's some time so what's it going to be like when there's a two portals uh with a time differential between them and i kind of predicted that that's where this third book would go it wasn't exactly how i imagined it but you you took a, like a left turn away from folding space together to get to to two between two places quickly to folding time together or like playing with the time variations to get two places quickly. Um, was that like a conscious choice? Did you think like, oh, I've got to the I, I've done everything that I need to do with portals. Now in the third book, I'm gonna do uh folding time rather than space. Again, I'm I'm using kind of weird terminology here, but that's kind of like my impression of this. Did you consciously say I'm taking a break now and we're going I'm gonna do time in this third novel?
2: um first of all I'm, I'm glad you didn't manage to predict the outcome yeah
0: oh um, <laughs> no it was uh, cleverer than i thought it was go- well not clever than i thought it, it It went way way further than i thought it was going to be let me put it that way
2: um i didn't no i mean this this was an aspect of that technology that i i wanted to bring into it i mean like i say it was it was all uh, it, it's put together in one form right at the start i, ah, I okay. knew how i was going to end um saints of salvation before i started writing salvation right yeah I mean, it's, it's all outlined there's a loose outline for certainly for book three oh, no, but part. it's
0: very clear like when you read that first book you and they the, i like the call forwards that you do at the end of each book at the end of the first and second book when you call forward to something that you then you're looking forward to in the next book i re, i thought that was a that was fun <laughs> so yeah i realized it was all plotted out as like where like where you were kind of like I say it felt like you were putting some of the world building in the first book and then saving the next world building for the next book uh in in this series it, it just again that's just a comment that's the way that it felt like there was kind of a clear delineation between each novel about what kind of technological world building you were focusing on yeah right um talking about not seeing where it's coming I want to go back to the first book um when I started reading it I picked up you know, it, there's that opening introductory tra- chapter where you meet these people. They're coming together and they're going on a journey to meet a uh, to to meet an or to do an alien uh, to to go to what an alien object somewhere. And they each start telling their story. And there's that there's that closing line, and they it goes look around, and one of them was the alien. And I was like, oh, he's doing Hyperion. And then we we get into those stories, and I'm like, oh, right, we're playing with Hyperion. Um, do you did you write that? Knowing, did you go into that uh, process knowing that if people had read Hyperion or New Hyperion, they would get more or less out of it, or did you did you have a balance in mind of that?
2: That structure um, that you're talking about the the, yeah. the people on a journey and each of them tell their yeah. story, and that is how uh, a, a brilliant way for science fiction to explore and explain the world they're in. Yeah. Um, And I know, uh, I've read Hyperion years ago, and I liked it then. Um, Of course, uh, Simmons got it from Chaucer. Yeah. That was how Chaucer, the the Canterbury Tales, and it's a a very good narrative structure. Now, the trouble is, Simmons did it so well that everyone now (laughs) associates it with him. No, no,
0: let me, Uh, I want to put back at that. Chaucer didn't have a scene where they said, one of the six of us is an alien, or one of the, and in, in Hyperion, he says one of the six of us is a uh, is a uh, um, an enemy agent, a double agent who is among us, and one of the, these stories are going to reveal which one. I don't think Chaucer had that in the structure, <laughs> whereas. Dan Simmons did have it and you also had it and it was like at the same point in the story where they look around and go and one of us is an alien and Dan Simmons is and one of us is an enemy agent and like just kicking off the story that way I was, again, I I kind of knew what I was in for I kind of thought I knew what I was in for let me put it that way reading into it so uh, I just want to push back about that it's just, you just did what Chaucer did I think you, uh, I saw more Hyperion and then elevated what, what Dan Simmons was or let me put it this way when knowing that you're playing in the world where of science fiction where dan simmons has write, written hyperion which is sort of like this masterwork did you d- did you want to acknowledge that I mean, again it's a it's a a weird question but it i I was just wondering like how much you found that influence there in your writing or did you see it
2: um i've been wa- well let me answer it this way i've been wanting to do that structure for uh-huh. a very long time but I, I was very aware that everyone and go oh you've taken that off Simmons right um, but I'm now in the the point of my life and career I think I've about 25 24 25 books um, where I don't care if people say that anymore no um, I like this, is, it. this is how I wanted to do it um, and it, it's taken me a while as a while to, to pull up the courage if you like to do it knowing that I would get compared to Simmons um, I don't. I, I guess the structure is similar. I I don't think anything else um, riffs too much off Simmons, but it's it's just such a great way of of telling the of of explaining the world. That was that was my primary motivation for doing this.
0: Yeah, I just want to say I appreciate it because what I want is authors taking the best of other people's work and expanding on them. Like again, I said this is uh, one of the only five star. Novels or Salvation was one of the only five-star novels. Another one was The Light Brigade by Cameron Hurley. And she is doing Starship Troopers. She's, you know, it's pretty much the same setup. And I was reading it. And I was like, oh, this is great. Because for me, as someone who's read a lot of science fiction, I want great authors to build on the work of previous great authors. And uh, and I think what you did with Here at the End, it's a one of my things that I like I we even did because I reread Hyperion after this and we did a review of it and I gave that four stars I said and it was pretty much a, a discussion about what I enjoyed more about salvation I know that's a weird way to say it but it was it was one of those times where I was sort of like oh yeah if, if Dan Simerson done this I would have enjoyed the ending because I think the ending of that novel is quite flawed whereas even knowing what was going to happen at the end of this you still managed to get one over on me and I thought I was being clever going oh right he's doing this and you still managed to get one over on me so again I, I really appreciate that and if you do that more again i would be I would appreciate it because I like seeing authors working at the top of their game like riffing on other authors who were also at the top of their game in their previous books Juliana you've got oh. something to say.
1: Uh no. Oh okay. Uh, I have lots of notes oh, but got lots uh, of I'm <laughs> trying to how to fit them in. Uh, okay. I noticed though um at the be- uh, at the end when they come back and hey they they got all the cocooned um species back. Uh you mentioned this one species where they live on a planet where it's about the um the winter they they spend in like they yeah. have these seasons where they don't do anything and then they come out and that reminded me very much of deepness in the sky.
0: Deepness in the sky, yeah, Vernavinci, yeah.
1: Do you, do you do like I mean, you just mentioned that you don't do this uh, on purpose, so I don't think you did put that in for people to reference, like in these Easter egg kind of, uh, no, the egg. Yeah, Easter egg, That's Easter egg kind of thing. Um, but d- did you do that on purpose? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I don't think I've read Deepness in the Sky. Oh,
1: interesting.
0: Well, it's a similar thing about uh, uh, creatures who go into hibernation and sleep for many years and then all come out and then they have to, they're progressing their technology.
1: In the generation, so that the generation, the the next one, they take the knowledge from the previous generation Uh, without... oh, right. Okay. Yeah. That's. Really <laughs> interesting. But this is
0: the cool thing. I. This is the kind of conversation I like because again, you can see people going like, "Oh, you're just riffing on that," and you don't care. And other times that you'll come to the same thing. Like I. Again, it's. I don't just want this to be picking out Easter eggs from this, but I did notice something which made me think very much of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy in this novel, where you go out into a cavity and they're like, "Oh, if this was infinite, you wouldn't be able to see the end of it." But because it isn't in- infinite, you can see the edge. So it feels. It's like the feeling of infinite more. And I was like, "Oh, that sounds very much." like a passage in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Anyway, we can, we can pick up on this all day. Um, I want to go, uh, onto the, uh, oh, did you have another, do you have another one here as well? No. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's, let's talk about the characters. Uh, I found, uh, I found Callum very interesting. Could you say where Callum comes from? Like why, why did you pick out someone like Callum, uh, for example, because he's someone who works with, Um, portals at the start and is a hero and then is sort of like an outcast so could you tell a bit about where we get like the character of Callum from and we'll talk through some of these other Callum
2: is is someone who is obviously a you know up and coming go-getter and thinks he's on top of the world and then everything just collapses around him yeah Um, so that's that's always uh, an interesting kind of person to write about uh, the, the, the fascinating bit being how does he bounce back from that or does he bounce back from that and how does it affect him for the rest of the time so yeah Callum is, is, what, ha- is what happens to almost an everyman when the rug is pulled out from underneath you we've all we, we've all experienced that to some degree or other um, so yeah that it makes him more relatable I think
0: Yeah, did you have him in mind as like the the character that you're going to start the story with? Like he's it's his story, first story, isn't it? That at the start.
2: Um. Yes, we're we're back down. We're back now to that narrative structure. He was perfect for explaining how portals work on a very uh, deep level, if you like. We really go into it in that first first um, episode that I I wrote uh, as a character explanation. So yes, he was he was ideal to start with because of because of his job because he's in the the thick of it, right from the start. That made him that made him a great lead.
0: So did you start off with him sort of like was that the was that the first of those stories that you that you wrote in in that first novel?
2: Yes. Oh, I, I write the novel in a linear fashion, but oh, yes, okay. I, in the in the notes section, that was how do I. How do you explain the the universe and how it works? So I I needed Callum right back then.
0: Yeah, because it is literally talking. What is it? He does waste disposal, doesn't mm-hmm. he? Or uh, um, uh, disaster re- uh, uh, disaster yes. disaster relief disaster and things relief. like that. So it really is sort of step by step. And then we take this portal and then we was it thread it through this portal and things like yes. that. So yeah, I understand why that's a that's a that's a clear thing. yeah.
1: Um, coming back to your how you work, you said you write this in a linear fashion. Can I imagine you having a wall where you put lots of post-its with all the characters and the structure and then you swap them around to then come up with the end structure? Is this how this works?
2: To a degree, yes. Um, once I've got the very basic structure, I'll then pr- uh, make up notes for each character, each plot line for the for a character. And then I see where they'll interact, such as, you know, where where Callum was in that year Mm. and what all the others were doing in that same year. And therefore, how do they interact? And that's the way it's done. There is no wall. I've got three screens on the computer. Best.
1: Oh, right. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> okay. It's, it's all digital. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But that's that's nice to know because in my head, uh, uh, an author sits, sits down and writes something on, on the typewriter and has lots of post-its on their wall. That's kind of my imagination of how how this is done. But this is then nice to hear how it's actually done. Yeah. So, uh, all digital now. That's cool
0: yeah we said about the characters uh when when you sit down do you have like a cast of characters in mind that are gonna go through like let me put it this way some characters start off and they seem kind of incidental for example the um the the boyfriend like the disposable boyfriend that the in the in the first story and he becomes a main character throughout the second and third books was that planned or did you did you hone in on some of these these more minor characters and flesh them out as you go through
2: sorry which one are you talking about which, which... um oh I'm, I'm really bad with names horatio. Oh, yeah
0: horatio um ah, is, yes, is starts yes. off and he's like an abducted boy and then at the end like he gets the final scene or like like it's his motivation in the end which is kind of kicking off the, that final like further adventures maybe in the future um was did was that planned from the start or did you like oh i've got this interesting character here let's run with it through the second and third books
2: Yes, no, that was planned from the start, especially given his name and what happens to him. I don't want yeah. to do spoilers, but uh, yeah, okay. that was a very, very carefully selected name as well.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, that's great. That's great.
1: Um, can I ask a, a more personal question? Um, sure. What kind of books do you read in your free time, uh, if there's any free time as an author?
2: <laughs> free time? What's that? Um, I Well, this is... This is it's not a problem but i know so many science fiction writers i always slightly guilted into to keeping up with friends books so i do read a fair bit of science fiction i'll tell you i'm actually having a break from it at the moment um a break from look, writing no from uh, in reading oh I some, from, like, <laughs> reading science fiction <laughs> yeah. i've actually got it in front of me i've got carl Hyerson squeeze me and james elroy american tabloid so that's that's my reading for this month and next month probably
0: uh, okay um so but you but do but when you say you keep up with uh friends that's sort of like is that other british oh yeah you you name some of the ships there's the morgan there's the reynolds yes. uh, there's the <laughs> um is it the, the asher Colby. as well i can't remember maybe not the asher i uh, maybe i just read that in because i'm lumping various british science fiction it, it that that wasn't must have been an easter egg for re- other readers i'm sure
2: yes yeah i, I think most people spot them um yeah, I, I do. Tr- uh, well, try and keep up. There's so much published yeah. these days; it, it's a hopeless task. So, uh, I mean, if, if I meet new authors and I'm quite keen on it to to see what they're writing, it's um, the to be read pile is just ridiculous. Um,
0: yeah, I think everyone's <laughs> is. And if you I writing- always
2: say I was I was well read up until the point I actually started writing. Um, then I just don't have the time.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. When was that? When did you When did you become like a like a proper full time like novel novel writer? Let me put it that way. Uh...
2: Novel writer. I started writing Mindstar Rising in late, I think it was '89. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I... but it didn't. It didn't sort of get very serious until uh, I started writing Reality Dysfunction, which was '94.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that that coincides perfectly with uh, with finding a favorite, for me, the finding a favorite author, because that was when I was like, you know, 14, 15. And as the books came out, I, I think I've read, I think one of the few authors where I've read every novel, maybe not some, maybe you've made some, written some children's novels or kids novels, which I've uh, uh, not read. But yeah, it's one, of, it's one of the, it's a fun thing to keep up, keep up with, uh, keep
2: up with an author as you go through.
0: You got a question? Yes, I
2: did. Yeah. I did three um, children's uh, magical fantasy books. Yeah. I've not read those. Yeah.
0: Um no. but what, before you before you like Juliana had this good question about like you you've got engineering in there you've got economics you've got is that just from like reading and research you don't have any training in a specific I know like Alistair Reynolds worked for the European Space Agency before he does yeah. that so but do you have any like engineering background or economics background going not into this?
2: not really. No. It's just it's what you read what you pick up in newspapers, journals, nowadays on the internet if there's going to be a technology featured heavily in one of the books i'll try and and get up to date on it not in a in a hugely detailed way i don't go into the the equations um yeah but just uh i'll get it as right as i can i'll get it to a pop science level oh okay but
1: you're not like going and read the the papers that were published on this on these particular uh topics
2: uh summaries possibly oh, okay. not the not really hugely detailed university uh, papers no yeah yeah I was, I was
0: chatting to peter watts about that and he go he dives in and people are like how do you get, uh, yes, how do you get all, all this true. how would you predict all this It's sort of like i just read the research before anybody else <laughs> and i was like oh yeah that makes <laughs> that makes sense um oh that's that's a that's that's interesting though that you you're you're you're, you're okay just doing that pop science like popular science level of science fiction writing i think yeah uh you, you yes. don't think you need to flex in another way like to to prove to prove that the all the orbits are correct and that the time dilation works out you can just sort of like like sketch it out is is that the level
2: they're as correct as i can get them um okay. i always dread the letter coming in well actually uh,
1: <laughs> do you get those uh,
2: but yeah i mean I, I i will make an effort to do something like orbits and the and the uh the Goldilocks band, for instance, on various uh, okay. stars. I'll I'll try and get the planet in the right place. Uh, so it's uh, yes, it's at that level. Right. It's sort of okay. Pop pop science plus one.
0: Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, that, that's great. So if you do if you do the reading plus one, that means we we'll, as the as the readers. Have you got another question, Juliana? Uh,
1: um. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a fun one. Um. Do you meet up with other authors and discuss topics together? Like, do you meet up with uh, other writers who are your friends and then you have fun discussions by the fire with whiskey or something?
2: Um, Yes, I do (laughs) do meet up with a few of them, uh, mainly at conventions in bars, Um, although Alistair actually lives not too far from me Um, and we share a good musical taste. But uh, there's this this concept that the the direction science fiction is going in, which I, I have issues with that um i don't think it is going in a direction there is so much of it and so varied these days which is wonderful it's it's going all over the place so i don't we don't get together and say okay this is okay you know this is the direction we should be taking let's all go there yeah there is no consensus to what we write we each write what we like writing yes uh, and that i think comes out in the books so they're not forced nobody i know writing science fiction is is having to write in a certain direction about a certain topic in a certain way. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're quite free. We do get together and moan a lot <laughs> okay. in the bar afterwards. But no, I mean, we'll, and we'll discuss topics of have you seen this and did you see that, um, you know, image from, from Mars or whatever and how can we yeah. play with that? Um, but there's no, we don't sort of get together and, and work out topics or anything like that.
0: When you when you say this, uh, you disagree I, again. Maybe I'm not really. We're not really part of sort of like you know science fiction fandom or something. We just do. We just do our podcast over here. But when you say there's sort of like a direction of uh, of science fiction, you're talking like politically, or what do you mean by that? I, I wasn't quite sure uh, what you. Well,
2: meant. in in any direction, I keep getting asked. You know, where is science fiction going? Oh, okay. To which the answer is wherever we want it to. There's right. no <laughs> okay. consensus of what it should be writing about. Okay. Um which is wonderful it gives us freedom.
0: But I do notice that there are things in this book which feel like very modern in a way like uh, the the um oh, I can't remember the, the name of the faction uh, of humanity which is which cycles through genders. Um again that's the utopias so, the, yeah yeah the, is it the utopians yeah yes. utopials. yeah the
2: utopials yes um, um yeah oh i mean i don't I'm, we're not ignoring what goes on around us, right that, uh, you know gender is a huge argument and you yeah you know ignore it at your peril right um so yes i mean i incorporate it's not just the, the science i research it's it's yeah social trends as well and where could they go and that was if you read the passage about the origin of it yeah. um it's perfectly logical whether it would actually work or not. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the the trouble with societies like that is they come up with with what I call the um, the arrogance of righteousness. Yes, right. Yeah. In that they they have created what they believe to be the perfect society which they live in. Why aren't you living in it? You yeah. should be. You should join us. You should adopt our ways. Um, that that just doesn't work with people. Yeah. Yeah. So you you always have to present both sides of an argument. Um, you can't have the the cardboard cut out villain he has to have motivations for what he's doing he has to believe he's in the right mm. and then therefore you get conflict and and questions uh which make uh, the, the philosophies which you've mentioned in this book which you know just add to the story
0: yeah i was actually really interested with the Utopials because i th- thought uh, again this is one of the things where i'm kind of glad you didn't do it but i thought one of the main characters would go there and we'd spend a lot of time there but actually we didn't like we don't really visit with them very much and then what they set up which is the the storyline with the with the um was it the the space marines and Urella and those guys there then they've been made back into binaries again so we're actually seeing like the like the the real end tale of them I don't know not going back against it but like again I I kind of expected to spend more time with the utopials in their own society but we uh, we don't really get much of that is that a place uh, or a, maybe you could I, again I'm not sure where you're going in the future with this but would you be more interested to explore that kind of thing as a, as a more of a standalone kind of concept
2: in the future um I've done similar ones uh, before in, in various forms yeah um so Put it this way. Possibly, in the, I mean, the, the, in the, the few-
0: other books, you went, you, we went to Huxley's Haven. It was like mentioned in one book, and then we went and visited. And I was expecting that kind of passage in this book. Let me put it that way.
2: Uh, uh, okay, right. You understand what um, I mean? No, because of have got any books in the future. The, the whole um, yeah, of Utah, Fields the and Universals <laughs> is all over now. Yeah, um, it's what we build in the future. And there was there was there are hints. I mean, I left a few deliberately. Left a few open ends. Yeah. Um the the story of, of salvation was was told and finished. Yeah. But the the universe is is quite an interesting one. It's a bit more chaotic. Yeah. Um and how you and how you bring together people from various timelines uh who have different expectations out of life and how do you how do you manage that in in a world they no longer recognize which is a fairly universal theme um, <laughs> given how much our world is changing so there's there's that potential um for for the next story set in that universe
0: yeah so you are going back to this universe in the future oh
2: yes yes <laughs> okay i have I a few you. other projects i've got to get out of the way first and then i will be be going back there
0: like other science fiction projects or uh yes
2: uh, yes other writing projects yeah. okay
0: that's cool. Yeah, cuz I cuz we were just disc we just did a little introduction cuz we uh, we hadn't really even talked to each other about this third book. So just be- before we talked to you we did like 15 minutes talking to each other about it. And I was saying, yeah, there's like uh I know the further your adventures of Urella 1 and Urella 2 is is yeah, I'm really interested to see where where those two stories go in the future.
1: Yeah. I uh, while I read it, you you um there was this section where Urella and the um uh the what's his name? The the further developed human was talking uh what's it Emmanuel? Emmanuel yeah. yeah. And they had the discussion about the parallel universes. And I was fascinated by that. So I, I uh I kind of hoped for that the outcome with a time difference that Yorella would do something that then it turns out is yeah this, yeah, this is future books well though <laughs> anyway. well, uh, yes it's, it's
2: also a bit spoilerish for for saints of salvation so i'm, I'm not going to be uh, be yeah. going into that in too much detail but but there, there will be resolution for for the the plot lines that were left okay. that weren't finished
0: Okay well I look forward Looking to forward those to that. look yes. forward to those future books again I wasn't quite sure how much because I was I was actually happy not to know where that signal comes from um or who sent the signal I I really like some books where there's some some mystery at the end where they're like oh we're going to go off and so I'm like oh yeah but we're not going to follow that but uh no, I'm looking forward to to future books. Uh, any other questions, Juliana? Because yes. otherwise, we'll wrap this up. Um, in a bit. I
1: have one more question. My background is music, and you just mentioned that you, uh, you and Alistair Reynolds, so you're having a similar taste in music. Could you elaborate more? on What kind of music you you are uh, you are listening to?
2: Oh, um, Alist Alistair has a, a much broader spread of musical appreciation than I do. But we both we both grew up in the '70s, which was the era of prog rock, which is what we share. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm kind of a '70s boy when it comes to music. Although the, I do like modern stuff as well. Uh, I'm not. I don't bother listening to modern pop, which sounds a bit snobbish or dated, depending how you interpret it. I just I don't think it's as good as when I was a lad. Basically, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Everybody's
0: favourite music is the music they listen to between sixteen and twenty when they're at university or whatever. So it's uh...
2: yeah, I'm kind of guilty of that. I'll take that one. But yes, it's it's sort of seventies. But I I I like a lot of the modern music. I like um, I tend towards uh, singer songwriters these days as opposed to manufactured. You know, Mm. back to sagging off pop music again it's but okay. the, the manufactured chart stuff you get these days is just uh, I, i'm not interested in it but singer-songwriters i'll listen to an old old um classics from classics from the 70s
1: yeah <laughs> nice thank you
2: that's
0: great you said that you uh, don't live too far away from alistair reynolds but i i uh, i noticed that you have a ve- I, I notice it because uh, we've got some things in common. For example, in Great North Road, like the entire first 200 pages of that book is pretty much like going around Newcastle. Did you ever yes. live in Newcastle? Um, or well, was that just a I didn't city? I did
2: My, my family, dad grew up in Newcastle. Half of my family is from Newcastle. Uh, and I was up there a lot in the 60s and 70s. Uh, okay. So uh, it was sort of it was basically an homage to that.
0: Yeah, because I lived in Newcastle for two years and I was loving that first part of that book because like the where I lived was there. And there was the whole plot line happened in a place where I had my car fixed at one point. I'm like, oh, that road. And it was like very, very specific, right. like very oh, I, specific. I spent,
2: um, I spent several days up there literally walking the streets to, to get the <laughs> everything in the right place. Yeah. I mean that really is where you can dump a body in the river and yes. not be noticed. Trust me. Yeah, I, I walked the riverbank and found it.
0: Well, yeah, because I used to cross the river like every day, going to work every day. Like I would be going across that river and looking down where the like where the body was found. So when I was reviewing that, I was like, this book is like a totally book for Luke, but I can only I can totally understand that like if you don't have a, a stronger connection, like uh, you probably wouldn't be like ooh ooh, ooh like that. But uh, I, I had the same thing in this book where it starts in Ushuaia. In in the in South America, have you been to Ushuaia or is that just a a southern? No, a southern, actually ah.
2: South America is about is the, the one continent I've never visited. And I, ah, okay. we really want to do it, but when the kids leave home, we'll probably get down there finally. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was that was all done from from a map. Okay. basically.
0: Okay, I wasn't sure about that. I've been to Ushuaia many times because I, I, oh, I work on cruise ships and I've been to down there, like I've spent many days there and explored the area pretty well. But uh, again, that's, that's not the kind, again, I, I, it's just one of those things that when, whenever there's a place that I've lived or have been to, uh, the previous book that we just reviewed, they, they were mentioning Scarborough, like, and I was like, oh, I, I lived in, I went to university in Scarborough and uh, those connections I always find interesting. But in this, there's a lot that happens in London uh, and I guess that's a place you've just spent a lot of time and you wanted to, wanted to write about in this novel.
2: Yes, um, I did. I, I wanted to do it in a city because of what will happen, you know, yeah. in, in books two and three. Um, so uh, London was the obvious one. London is is where everyone knows. You couldn't get away with Rutland
0: next... Water again.
2: <laughs> no, I, I think I've written an awful lot. I've, I've basically run out of Rutland place names now. Yes. Um, well, it's very so, small, well, isn't I've moved it? I down think to Rutland Somerset now. So yeah. I'll, I'll maybe start using some of the, the villages around ah, okay. right here.
0: <laughs> yeah. Julianne you're, Rutland Water is like isn't it the smallest county in England I think wasn't it or yes Rutland? it yeah. is yes yeah okay. yep. it's it's like a lake and the few miles around the lake and they're like it's a county and it's uh, yeah it's <laughs> quite small um all right then uh i think we uh it's been a good discussion we can we can wrap it up here if that's okay do you have anything else that you want to talk about this uh again we're not really worried about spoilers or anything here uh, uh but anything else that you want to to mention about this this series
2: um, no, I think I think we've covered most about all of it.
0: Okay. That's great then. Um well, we'll we'll wrap it up here. Again, just want to say thank you for this interview and also thank you for writing such a great book. Again, we we feel really uh, uh privileged to be able to again, not just chat with you but also just to read a book which uh, hit hit home with us so well. It kind of like it uh uh I don't know. It was just one of those books that it resonated with us. It feels so modern and it's so it's so great that like uh, you're, you're still putting out these uh, books. Oh, there was another, one other thing that I wanted to mention. Is the length <laughs> of this book is that like previous books, we've had troubles because in, in German, because Juliana's reading them in German, they get split up into two books. Like the, what was the yes. books that- Yeah, are, the, the Commonwealth. The order, yeah, yeah, the Commonwealth was split up and they've done this as well. Did you make an effort to keep this book shorter? Cause it felt brisker with a smaller cast. Was that like an intentional thing in this book? Or? Yes, very yeah. much
2: so. Okay. Um, I- Although nobody, uh, everyone still says it's a large book, but it's possibly, it's certainly not as large as, as the previous ones.
0: Yeah, it felt like this trilogy was about the same story as the two books of the first Judas Unchained, and no, Pandora's Star that. and Judas Unchained. It felt like that kind of scale of story. So uh, that was a, yeah, that was a good one. All right, then. Well, let's wrap it up there. Thank you very much, uh, Peter F. Hamilton, for joining us today.
1: Thank you. Well, thank
2: you. And, and thank you for the five stars. Okay, no <laughs> problem.
0: So that was our discussion with Peter F. Hamilton. Did you enjoy talking to Peter?
1: Yeah, it was uh, interesting to get to know uh, or get to get yeah. in the head how does this an epic work like that uh, yeah. come to life.
0: You know, you can actually listen to many podcasts where people talk to authors. You know, it, we I don't guess. have to wait for us to do... Like I say, the, uh, oh no, we didn't say that in the interview. Just afterwards, stopped recording. Uh, I said to Peter, this is the first ever author interview that we've done after 438 episodes it of is. the podcast I in 12 years. I kind of
1: see our podcast as an independent piece. Yeah. Like we, we are kind of... I kind of want to keep myself uh, independent from, oh, uh, this publisher or this author wants uh, something from us or something. We rate it however we feel. Yeah, I think
0: that independence is interesting. Like, uh, again... Uh I think it was when we did the in when we did the episode How and Why or Why and How we SFBIP with Sid when he was talking about him doing his own podcast. Yes. And I said that we're not part of the science fiction scene. We don't go to no. conventions. We don't we don't take submissions from from uh from publications or you know pub, uh, publicity people yeah. and uh publishers. Yeah and and authors we don't do author interviews like this is our first one but again it's it's one of those things that the opportunity came up and I was like oh let's let's give it a go yeah uh, and uh, yeah I'm glad we did it was fun to it was fun to chat with uh, with Peter about that it
1: was definitely and also what kind of helped us in this way is this crazy year yeah uh, I don't think otherwise he would uh, do podcast uh, well he
0: probably would do it, yeah,
1: yeah, but... yeah they,
0: they, all these there's a there's a, there's a whole loop uh, 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 a, a whole ca- load of podcasts that does author interviews with this yes. and promotion stuff
1: but i think it's certainly uh, like he said he's doing uh um virtual, uh, virtual book tours, book tours yeah. and stuff so that kind of yeah. uh, helps bringing the people further like closer yeah like i don't think i would travel to somewhere where peter hamilton is really uh, is doing we went
0: book- to meet peter watts in we berlin did, but
1: he was literally li- yeah. in the bookstore that was around the corner it's like
0: two two streets away from our house is yes. where he was and so we yes. went up and uh, met it with him yeah so yeah so if
1: if anybody of the authors come to Wildau for some reason, yeah, yeah sure I will pop not. in but um, yeah all right that then. happened. So
0: that was that was a good chat. Um, yeah. but again there's things that I want to bring up which yes. I would never bring up to someone's face. And now it seems a bit weird because like so maybe the publisher going to listen back to this interview so and now I don't want to say it now and I already feel myself now self-censoring things yeah. that I would want to say. Yes. Again not negative not not one way or not the other no. way yeah i have um, the same
1: feeling because i kind of i i wanted really to talk about um um he, how he sees his his works that he did yeah. previous years and how he feels towards the uh, the, the gender issue and the yeah. uh, how he wrote women like yeah. it changed
0: you want to you Absolutely. want to go there I yeah, want, and but
1: then I, it kind of felt like not
0: you don't want to be competitive you, you can't just have mm. a conversation you can have that conversation when you've chatted with them ten times and then yes. you can bring it up yeah Yeah. so no I totally understand it I totally understand but again it's all positive because it's sort of like oh yeah. we're going in the right direction you know yes. uh, like in all these kind of things yeah for example he names um, he names a lot of the shit uh, the, the, a lot of the action on this takes place on a ship called the morgan yes which is a spaceship which was created by a non-gender binary um like sub subspecies or sub race of humans yes. which are constantly changing um changing gender backwards and forwards yeah, yeah. now morgan named after richard morgan richard k morgan yeah. is someone who's been banned from twitter for being transphobic and doing transphobic uh tweets ah, and things like that yeah. he's thrown his lot in like really strongly with jk rowling as these you know as this uh, with these the, yeah. uh, trans exclusionary what is it i can't remember all the terms again i'm not part of this scene but it's something that i've seen going on like i i see it from a distance all yes. this kind of yes. stuff and i'm like oh that would be really interesting but i don't like he like say he he names these these spaceships after his friends. And I don't want to talk to him about Peter... No, I don't want to talk to Peter Hamilton about Richard Morgan's um, uh, controversial stance, uh, you know, currently controversial stance on trans uh, issues and trans rights and all that kind of stuff. And, yes. and J.K. Rowling. Because again, that's not my position it's not my place and also i don't find that i wouldn't want to have that conversation with him but i find that there's an irony in this book which i am really like i'm enjoying reading this uh, uh, irony it might be completely accidental it could be anything like that but that's something that i i find interesting about science fiction at the moment where you can have someone who is who have these different views or the same views or writing about them in different ways you know but again i wouldn't want to talk i wouldn't want to get into those things about people's political views or political views of other people because that's where you, you start stepping in things or yeah. you, you don't want to put anyone in that kind of position. Yeah, so. and this is
1: why it's uh, if we, amongst the two of us, have a conversation... Yeah. We can just uh, put this out as something that comes to our mind when we read it. We have yeah. these speculative uh, ideas about stuff. Yeah. Uh, so we can talk about it with <laughs> the two of us. Um, I realize
0: now uh, what we're doing. We're doing is we're now reviewing our interview what we- <laughs> <laughs> and what we do with and like. Oh, should we do it all the interviews in the future? Yeah. Like, oh no, I don't think I-, I don't think I would want to. You know, nah, that's the
1: It's really stressful in a way. Yeah. Um, because I kind of um, my whole thinking was the whole time this is. Um for the author it is a, a marketing uh yeah. thing. Yeah? yeah. So it's marketing for that person. It's a professional uh tool for yeah. marketing. Yeah, of course. But what we do here is not professional. No. And it's not...
0: Again, and I don't want it to be professional. That's what yeah. I think that's what makes the Science Fiction Book Review podcast different, is that we don't. Anyway, I don't want to get too much into yeah. this kind of thing, because that's not what this did, episode did is I, about. Did,
1: did I went too far with my speculation no. about the parallel universe stuff? No,
0: no, but he's never going to talk to that. He's never going to talk about that stuff now on this of book. Course. He even says that's bringing up spoilers for this. And he's not going to like, even though we're like, oh, we're not going to worry about spoilers. Let's just discuss this book and where it comes from. And I didn't worry too much about spoilers or anything like that. Like this is we're talking about the third book in a series. Either you're in you're in with this book or you're in with this series and in with this author and in with the story or you're not. Like there's nothing going to there's no spoilers here or not spoilers here. So I don't have an issue with that. But yeah, he's never going to do that. He's never going to like, all right, let's get let's drill down into into what happens in the final stages of this book. He's just not going to do it like that's against everything that you have as an author. you want to only talk about like the start of the book or the world building or the characters and things like that
1: um yeah so i think it is difficult because i kind of would wish for a more in-depth critical conversation but you're not going to get that with the author on a publicity tour (laughs) it's difficult to do yeah you kind of like need this kind of no you kind of need this um personal intimate setting that we have um where we don't mind uh talking exploring, our, exploring, thoughts, exploring yeah. our thoughts but that doesn't happen to a person that you don't even see or know or have connections to
0: there's the the netflix series song exploder which we watched a few episodes oh, yeah. of yeah. and it's a podcast i've listened to some episodes of the podcast of songs that i like yeah and there was the one which was um the uh, the song from hamilton yeah. uh, uh not it wasn't my shot it was um uh the aaron burr song that one yeah. uh, uh Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Yes. And what you actually want is someone to say, all right, this is a complete work. You don't need to promote it anymore. Yeah. You don't need to go back. What was the other one? Uh, Losing My Religion by R.E.M. You're like, this is way in the past. So I think that's the kind of thing. That's the kind of conversation that you want to go to. Sort of like get an author to read a book that they wrote 20 years ago and go, right, look, you don't have to defend this. You yeah. don't have to think about it. You don't have to say anything like that. You can let's just talk about it. But again, yeah. they're not going to do that on the publicity tour for this no, anyway. No, of course not. But again, like this is why I have no problem talking about this or interviewing Peter F. Hamilton about this, because we've given it five stars. The series yeah. is a five star novel. So nothing we can say or any questions are gonna be like there's no gotcha questions here. There's no like no. like catching people out or anything like that. Yeah. And I don't think I would be able to resist those kind of questions with with authors like i i don't think i could be the person who reads a book rates it 3 stars and then has a gushing a gushing conversation or let's the author be gushing cuz i would i w- i wouldn't be able to do it yeah. anyway that, no i don't want this just to become a let's review the the um the interview that we just did no but it um, is a,
1: a good uh, um, reflection on yeah, um, yeah but it, is, is this, this the place for, is that
0: is this the place no i don't think i don't think it is i think that's a one off i don't i don't I, I actually don't think we bring anything to the author interview thing and no. i think uh i
1: think the, the listeners get more um interesting things from us just talking about the book
0: here's the thing he keeps saying oh i didn't even think about that and i'm yeah. like i did and i was like oh, death of the author let's just let's just do it that like once you've written the book and published it like peter f hamilton's thoughts about the characters and the things happen in this book unless uh, of course he's the one who gets to decide what happens next or what the further adventures in this story yeah but uh yeah, but some some of the reading my readings of this or his readings of it I think my readings are just as valid as his. <laughs> um, yeah,
1: but sometimes I wanted to to get more of where he comes from i yeah, okay. uh, it's
0: a i'm sure he's going to do other interviews we can listen to some other yeah. interviews with him yeah. all right let's let's stop to I, I might just edit all of this out because this is so nothing to do with the book no um, i think
1: no but it has something to do with us and what okay, we do on sure. the podcast i think it's uh, a let's important. wrap up
0: the thoughts about this series do you have anything else that you want to say about the series or, or a book at all or should we just wrap it up here
1: um i think it's a, a very tight good Uh, impressive exploration of uh lots of lots of lots of topics and i i really really enjoyed reading it it was full with action lots of stuff happened um and so uh yeah it's a solid five five star series for me yeah
0: yeah same same for me as well again it's it's rare that a book fills a luke-shaped hole and like i say Mm. the light brigade did it even on the second reading um uh, Nine Fox Gambit did it for me On the second reading But your your lower rating of that book When we had our combined rating Brought it down again Yeah, I don't think this book Would have that same thing Even on a second reading But this is not the kind of book Which is the length Which you would be like Oh I'm going to read that again Next year Because no. it's so chunky it's, it's a big time commitment So again I think this is A, a good time capsule Like I say I think if we w- w- The other book Which we gave five stars Which is not a classic ha- Which has been published uh, That we read a new book Which has been published since since the start of the SFBAP, like when the book came out, yeah. was um, The Martian by Andy Weir. Right, yes. And that was very much a, we want a car journey listening to it together. Yeah continuously pressing pause and trying to work out how we would fix the uh we would <laughs> fix the problems yeah. uh, like we know that mark watney is gonna um it can it must be a great book because i remember the name of the main character like yeah. mark watney like how he was gonna do it so for that was very much a participatory kind of experience and things yeah. like that also
1: the new kind of use of language i think yeah. at that point it was really new to just yeah. like be more conversational, like. yeah. yeah.
0: And again, I think if I reread that, that probably wouldn't stand up now, or maybe, but mm. oh, I can just watch the movie. I don't need to about yeah. it. Well, um, let's get
1: back to this uh, yeah. series in 20 years. Yeah,
0: well, or not. Again, I don't <laughs> think I want to. Like I say, okay. I think this is a book which is a five-star book for me now, yeah. I don't need to go back to it. Like I say, I yeah. can continue on with this journey. But I think this is the, the crazy thing. These people who write these we were just talking, uh, or you mentioned yesterday, I looked up the Brandon Sanderson, his, he's released another one. Yeah. And it's book four in a, projected 10 book series and it's taken him 10 years to get to this point in this series I mean he's he's written a lot of other things as well but by the time you finish this series which okay four books has taken 10 years so we're talking like a 25 year writing Mm. project when you get to the end of that, all of the stuff that he's written in that first book, he's going to think it's rubbish writing. Everyone's going to be like, "Oh, this is really like dated and regressive in the same way." Yeah, you
1: are aging along with yeah, it. Aging
0: along with it. Yeah. Like if you go back and like, the, like for example, the name of the wind by Patrick Rothfuss. That even at the time, you're like, I was kind of wincing at some of the sexism and mm. other stuff that in that book because it felt so child childlike and child or you know juvenile in a way. Yeah. Um, there's the Geek Nights podcast, they they read it and they called it um uh was it Captain Self Insert's penis adventures? I can't remember what it was, but I remember there was penis adventures in it because it was all, like it was all about him going on penis adventures. And you just you listen to that and you go, Oh yeah, it is. It's the continuing <clears throat> yeah. continuing penis adventures of Weenie Boy. Um and there's and the and that second book was written like eight years ago, and the third book in the trilogy hasn't come out yet. Yeah, and it's like don't go back and read those. They're not gonna like at the time they were okay ish books, mm. which were fun, and I understand why lots of people really into them. But like now, ten years worth of like of people's reading tastes and science fiction tastes and fantasy tastes, and just society moving on in some way, it's gonna be yeah. re- like some of that thats gonna is gonna be really wince inducing. So leave it in the past, like yeah. "Deepness in the Sky" that we that I went back to and I was like, ah. Oh, that was a. When I was 21 years old, that was a five star book. And now we couldn't even finish it. So, yes. yeah. Some books are a five star book for now. Okay. And that's all they need to be.
1: Well, they're always now. There's never let's give this five stars no, for ever and the future. No, because I went happen.
0: back, where well, I say, when you go back and read Flowers for Algernon mm-hmm. or Man in the High Castle and read that again, it still holds up. So yeah. some some books still hold up. Yeah. But I don't think I need to expect this to, again, also like Player of Games and uh, and some of those culture books, I still, like, you go back and read them 20, 25 years after they're published for the first time mm. and they still hold up, you know. That's so true. some of them do. Yeah. Not all of those books, like I say, some of those later culture books, you're sort of like, nah, eh, you know, yeah at the time yeah. Yeah. but some of them are, uh, will become classics yes um all right then uh one hour and 14 minutes about this book
1: That's... and about the
0: trilogy let's wrap it up now right. the what's next, your next one the next book that i'm going to be reading is places in the darkness by chris brookmeyer okay. um narrated by robin miles this was the book that i looked up before and i was like robin miles where do i know her from and mm. yeah she's done lots of other books um that i've read yeah so um what was i gonna say oh yeah so this is a recommendation by somebody who couldn't work out how to use our wedding list uh, our amazon wedding gift list and so sent us some money instead and because uh, she did so
1: on patreon and
0: patreon yeah she she said i said hey you sent us some money on patreon a, a chunk of money on patreon um Give us a book that you'd like to read or you'd like to hear a review of. And okay, so this that's is it. It? Places in the Darkness by Chris Brookmeyer.
1: Okay. I will. Million also look copies selling.
0: I think it's a it's a science fiction novel written by somebody who doesn't normally do science fiction novels. They normally oh, do they normally do uh, crime novels or whatever it is. So and uh, Good. So it sounds um,
1: like I might like it.
0: Maybe. If I if I read it and it sounds like a book for you, yeah, well uh, I'll recommend it. Um or if I get into it and it seems well, like I also a book.
1: need a next book.
0: Oh, okay. Well, Places in the Darkness by Chris Brookmeyer. Again, I literally put it on and fell asleep a minute and a half after putting it on (laughs) because I just wanted a book to read uh, last night and I fell asleep immediately. All right, that's it from us. Uh, Oh yeah, if you want to support us on Patreon, which is super handy this year because Luke is no longer a professional juggler and Juliana is having to take more hours at work. Yeah. uh, you can't. Your two part-time jobs. Uh, when it one of the part-time jobs disappears, to one
1: part-time job. <laughs> so
0: that one part-time job is the hours are increasing. Yeah. Um. So uh, yes. Uh, anyone wants to support us on Patreon? That would be really cool. Go to Patreon.com forward slash Luke Burridge and uh, and throw us a dollar a month or whatever you Thank want to you do.
1: Thank you to all the people who already did. That's very generous. And there is one of those
0: things that the user just the topic level of support as well. So if you throw in a user just the topic level of support, you can pick a book for us to or not just a book. We're also looking always looking for ideas for special episodes as well. So uh, if you want to tell what we can do for 400 episode 450. Is that
1: coming up? Oh yeah, I guess so. Yeah, soon,
0: probably just uh, wow. by the early next year, we'll get to 450, and we need a uh, we need a new um, a episode. Topic. We have some already, nice. uh, yes, but again, it's always good to have some others
1: for the future.
2: Right, that's it from us. Uh, thanks a lot for listening, and we'll catch you next time.
1: Goodbye.